The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 540 for October 16th, 2016. The Note 7 is officially dead, Verizon starts offering unlimited hourly data sessions, and Project Fi announces family plans. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, first this week, it seems the saga of the Samsung Galaxy Note 7 might finally be over. Shortly after adjusting the production of the device on Monday, Samsung announced on Monday night that it would halt all sales of the Note 7 globally and has permanently discontinued the Note 7. Reporting from Seoul, the Wall Street Journal says that Samsung has filed with Korean regulators that it would permanently cease sales of the device. And they said, taking our customer safety as our highest priority, we decided to halt sales of the production of the 7. And uh, all four major carriers have subsequently halted sales of the device as well. Um, What still remains to be seen is if the manufacturer will continue using the brand moving forward or if the note uh, will be tarnished beyond repair. Well, it'll take some time for them to determine that. They'll probably do focus groups and do some surveys and things. So, uh, you know, they probably won't actually decide whether or not uh, the note's going to go forward until, you know, probably at least six months. And uh, it's tough to say whether they'll re-release it or what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, it's a big, huge question mark. They can still do the exact same device or basically a big device with a, you know, a a stylus in it and call it something different. And, you know, certainly the people who want that style are going to buy into it. And those that uh, are not looking for a stylus with their phone don't have to buy it and wouldn't have bought it anyway. So um, I just think there's a there's there's a problem with the branding that uh, they're going to have to work through and and understand from the consumer's perspective if it's going to even work in the future. Samsung also offering cash uh, if you have a Note 7, if you take it back to them but still want to stick with the Samsung brand. A U.S. consumer who exchanges their Note 7 for any other Samsung handset will be given $100 in bill, dollars in bill credits. Consumers who exchange their Note 7s for phones made by another company will still be given bill credits, but only $25. The financial incentive arrives uh, on the heels of this recall. There's 1.9 million Note 7s out there in the U.S. alone. But it might be more than just the cash uh, that incentivizes you to trade in that note. Consumers who still have a Note 7 are no longer allowed to bring them onto airplanes. So this new policy took effect beginning at noon on October 15th, and the U.S. Department of Transportation has now classified the Note 7 as a forbidden hazardous material under the Federal Hazardous Material Regulations. Passengers cannot transport their phones uh, on their person in carry-on bags or in checked bags on any U.S. flight. Uh, They said we recognize that banning these phones from airlines will be an inconvenience, but the safety of all of those aboard makes it a priority. Uh, We are taking the additional steps because one, even one incident of fire poses a high risk to personal injury, a severe personal injury, and puts many lives at risk. The FAA has previously asked Note 7 owners to keep them powered off, but this, of course, replaces that previous action. Flight crews will be instructed to keep an eye out for devices and take action as necessary. Now, I had a very interesting perspective on this. So um, I was actually on two flights yesterday. Uh, One was before noon. One was afternoon. On the 6 a.m. flight um, at the gate, the agent made an announcement that anyone traveling with a Note 7 needed to talk to them prior to boarding. 
But then on the flight that I took that night, um, they mentioned that the Note 7s were not allowed at all on the flights. Uh, Get this. They actually mentioned the fine. You're not going to believe what this fine is if you get caught with this device. $179,000 because, of course, it's classified now as a federally forbidden hazardous material under the federal hazardous materials regulations. Uh, So... $180,000 if you bring your Note 7 on a plane and someone finds you with it. So uh, the FAA is not messing around with this. Uh, Basically, the Note 7 is completely done here in the U.S. Well, fires are very uh, critical. They're very dangerous in flight and on boats. You know, you just do not want a fire, especially, uh, you know, something that's even though it's a small device, there's still quite a bit of power in that battery. And it's not a small battery either. That's the other part of it. So it's one of the bigger, you know, handsets that's out there today. So certainly uh, they're trying to make sure that everybody is safe. And uh, if you've got a Note 7 at this point, uh, it's just not even worth it. Just get rid of it because not only, even if you don't have issues with it, you can't bring it on a plane. So got to keep that in mind. Uh, next, the FCC has wrapped up the initial phase of its stage two incentive auction for 600 megahertz airwaves, drastically lowering the price for that spectrum. The initial clearing cost for the 600 megahertz spectrum was $86.4 billion, but uh, bidders failed to come close to that during the first round of bidding. Uh, the FCC forced to go back to spectrum license holders, in this case, broadcast television stations, and renegotiate a series of minimum prices. The new clearing cost is at $54.6 billion. So bidding will resume uh, this coming week. October 19th is the first day. Uh, most industry watchers assume that this auction would need several rounds to reach completion. The 600 megahertz airwaves are valuable due to their signal propagation characteristics. And uh, we know that AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon are all participating in the auction, though Sprint is not. Verizon this week introducing a new service called Pop Data, allowing customers to access an unlimited amount of 4G LTE data in either 30 or 60 minute increments. Verizon is charging $2 for 30 minutes or $3 for 60 minute sessions. Pop Data is a new time-based LTE option that gives consumers even more options to control their wireless plans. Pop Data also gives the opportunity to learn more about how time-based data options resonate with consumers and how they will engage with them in the future. Uh, Verizon is pitching the option as a faster and more secure alternative to laggy public Wi-Fi, though Pop Data will not be available to uh, on a congested network. The service is being offered in beta status. Now, I kind of see where they're going with this. Um, if you think about what you know, you would be potentially using this for if you happen to be, find yourself in a situation where uh, you need to either use your phone or your tablet or even a laptop and tether back to your phone, uh, you, and you want to do that in, in, in a massive amount of data, so let's just say more than a, a gig or two gigs of data, you can pay 2 or $3 and do this, and especially... Um, I would recommend, you know, checking first to see what the speeds are like before you invest and ultimately have uh, have poor results as a result. Right. So, you, yeah, absolutely. Do a quick speed test to make sure you've got uh, decent results, because, you know, where I would have completely have used this is at the airport when you forget to load a, a movie onto your iPad, for example, uh, or your phone to watch on the plane or a couple of movies. And this would have been perfect because, yes, uh, frequently the airport airport Wi-Fi, you're lucky if you get a, a megabit out of it. And this would be just what you'd want to have for that. Yeah, and I, I'm absolutely with you on this. I think this makes all the sense in the world to have um, something like this for those types of situations. And I would imagine most people are not going to use this on a regular basis. If you did need it for or on a regular basis, you probably have a better, 
bigger and better data plan. Uh, but certainly from those times where maybe you're like, well, I, I just need to do a whole bunch of stuff and, uh, you know, get grab a bunch of data and you don't want it to impact your plan, two or three bucks may be well worth it. Yeah, and it's not a bad price. When I first saw the the headline this week, I I that my I rolled my eyes because I'm like, oh my god, what is that? Sixty minutes, to, you know. But I didn't actually see the price in the headline, and three bucks that's uh, that's stomachable. Yeah, exactly. Um, and think about what you pay for public Wi-Fi, which you're probably only using in sixty minute increments anyway, and you're usually paying five or ten dollars if you're paying for Wi-Fi. That is, so just keep that in mind. Uh, Sprint on Tuesday said it plans to give away one million free devices with up to four years of service to low income and or disadvantaged high school students around the country. The program will provide a free smartphone, tablet, laptop, or hotspot device with three gigs of high speed LTE data per month. High school students who receive uh, the device will be able to use it as a mobile hotspot as well as make unlimited calls and send unlimited text messages. Sprint believes the One Million Project will help create opportunities for students without internet access that may might otherwise uh, not have the opportunity to get it. They say education is the foundation of our society to prosper, and the internet is an incredibly powerful tool for learning. Uh, the five million households that lack internet connections are at a huge disadvantage, and we are failing them. All of us at Sprint are committed to changing this by providing one million students in need with free devices and free wireless connections. Sprint is partnering with nonprofits Everyone On and My Brother's Keeper Alliance to keep uh, to identify eligible students as well as distributing the devices. Sprint did not give details on what devices would be provided. Yeah, that is a shame, uh, you know, being, you know, being a student or, you know, even a kid or a high school student or any student of any sort, even a college student and not having an Internet connection. Uh, you know, those of us who are around them a lot and in areas where they're you know plentiful, it's not a big deal. But in, you know, especially in rural areas and in, you know, uh, you know, areas that don't have as much public Wi-Fi available or even uh, affordable home Internet connections. Uh, you, you just don't have it because it's it, you know it is a luxury, but but for learning it is so critical. So it's good to see uh, programs like this. Yeah, and uh, kudos to Sprint for actually taking the time to release something like this, and um, certainly trying to do their part in being um, you know a corporation that gives back to the public. Google on Tuesday said users of its Project Fi wireless service can now add multiple lines to their accounts. The first line still carries the same $20 access charge with data costing a flat $10 per gigabyte. But moving forward, additional lines carry a $15 access charge rather than $20 and can be lumped into a shared data plan with the first line. So Google charges per megabyte each month. So people who don't use their entire data allotment receive a refund at the end of the month. Project Fi doesn't throttle speeds for those who use more than their allotment, but uh, those people will be billed for their additional usage. Project Fi uses wireless services Sprint and T-Mobile and U.S. Cellular now, along with open Wi-Fi hotspots. Uh, the service is available on multiple Google devices, including the uh, legacy Nexus 6P and 5X, as well as the new Pixel and Pixel XL, and discounts are being offered on the Nexus 6P and 5X if you choose those and activate them on Project Fi. Finally in the news, BMW this week unveiling its 2017 5 Series sedan. This will be one of the first cars out there to include wireless CarPlay support. iPhones will be able to wirelessly integrate with the BMW iDrive system connecting to their car over Bluetooth instead of through a lightning cable. CarPlay is available on the BMW 5 Series sedan as well. Uh, Integrating the smartphone uh, into the vehicle system allows the phone with any apps to be operated on the on-screen system in the vehicle and also being controlled through the iDrive controller and touch controls. BMW is the first car maker to integrate CarPlay without any cables. 
In device news, Apple this week made SIM-free versions of the 7 and 7 Plus iPhones available for sale on its website. The versions differ from the carrier versions only in that they are unlocked and don't carry any obligations from the respective carriers. Customers can purchase them and put any SIM card in them. Carrier financing is not available, though you can purchase them through Apple and their specific plans. Uh, also, the iPhone pricing is the same as that you would get through any carrier, starting at $649 for the 7 and $769 for the 7 Plus. Alcatel Wednesday announcing the Linkazone, a mobile hotspot on T-Mobile. The Linkzone connects to T-Mobile's LTE network and can provide Wi-Fi for up to 15 other mobile devices, such as laptops and tablets. Alcatel says the Linkzone can reach download speeds as fast as 150 megabits per second under optimal network conditions. The battery provides six hours of use and also supports microSD cards up to 32 gigs and tethering via USB cable. The Alcatel Linkzone is available at T-Mobile stores nationwide for $80. Dropbox announcing Tuesday that it will soon offer split view support for the iPad. This will let users run Dropbox side by side with other split view apps without switching between them. While split view is coming soon, Dropbox uh, offers other new features in the latest version for iOS 10 available now, uh, on iOS 10 available now, such as the ability to view video stored in Dropbox from other apps using the built-in picture-in-picture feature added in iOS 10. So now you just close the app while playing a video and it will kick in automatically. Dropbox also includes the new iMessage application support, so you can now access and share files directly with the Messages application when chatting with friends. And the newly updated Dropbox widget works with the new lock screen and spotlight view. Other changes include notifications for when files you're viewing are changed by other users sharing those files, plus the ability to sign PDF documents with your signature directly in the Dropbox app. And I have to uh, argue with that, even though the, the their, their story was wrong, the, these the picture in picture in the split view is introduced in iOS nine, not in ten. So they're you know over a year late here on this on these features. But it's nice to see these uh, being added because in in, in the uh, the iPad the, the split view is exceptionally handy when you do use it. I mean you don't use it a lot, but when you do have it, it's just absolutely uh, awesome to have that available. I so wish that Sling Player had this. I, I would it would absolutely change the way that I could use this. Uh, I'd love to have you know the live news on and can't do that using Sling Player as a result. Uh, uh, can't can't listen or even watch Sling Player and do other things on the iPad as a result of it. Well, make sure you send them a support request or an email request or feature request uh, for that. Make sure you do that because every person that uh, uh, you know sends it in, there'll be just one more nudge to uh, implement that feature. I mean, I, I, I use the Sling Player literally every day. It's on for an hour, hour and a half in the morning. And I have a separate dedicated iPad just so that I can use this. And it's so ridiculous because it would be easy enough just to have it in uh, the picture-in-picture view or even, you know, be, just to have the option there would be great to have. So, yeah, it's a good idea uh, to uh, reach out. Google on Friday began rolling out an update to Google Photos that introduces a new AI-assisted tool. First, Photos will probe users' libraries to pair old photos of people with those of uh, the newest photos of the same people so you can reconnect with those old memories. Second, Photos plans to automatically assemble highlights from selections of recent photos of users' children and friends using both facial recognition technology. Thirdly, Photos will begin to scan users' videos automatically and create short, shareable highlight videos from those larger pieces. Finally, photos will find sideways and other improperly oriented photos and suggest that they be righted. The new features are available to Google Photos for Android, iOS, and the web. 
Facebook this week said Android devices will soon have more options when watching video. Android phone and tablet owners can now stream Facebook-based video to their television sets via Chromecast. Google's Chromecast product is an HDMI dongle that plugs directly into most HDTVs. Facebook's iOS app now has streaming supported streaming to the Apple TV and Chromecast uh, that now functions appropriately uh, on the Android side as well. Uh, the new feature is making its way uh, where Android users will be able to browse their, old fa- their Facebook feeds and cast videos from their phones to their TVs. The feature also supports Facebook Live video and will show live reactions and comments on the TV just as it does on the mobile application. Facebook for Android is free to download from the Google Play Store. And Amazon Wednesday announced Amazon Music Unlimited. This is a streaming music service offering on-demand access to tens of thousands, excuse me, tens of millions of songs. Amazon is offering Music Unlimited at several price points. So the standard price is $10 a month for non-Prime members and includes unlimited playback across all devices. People who subscribe to Amazon Prime can get the plan for just $8 a month. Alternatively, those who own an Amazon Echo, Echo Dot, or Amazon Tap can subscribe to the Echo Plan, which provides unlimited streaming in just one of these devices for $4 a month. And lastly, Music Unlimited uh, will offer a family plan that allows six family members the ability to use the service across their devices for a single $15 per month fee. Amazon's new music service includes ad-free listening and will permit local downloads for offline playback. People who own an Amazon Echo or other Alexa-powered device can ask for songs to be uh, added, uh, or excuse me, ask for songs to be added to their playlist by name, album, decade, and even more. And it differs from the current Amazon Prime music service in that it includes more songs and doesn't match or sync with users' owned libraries. So this is basically similar to what you get on Spotify or Apple Music, um, and it's now providing a lot more music available to here. And, uh, you know, I, I have enjoyed using the Amazon Prime Music Service, but it is limited, uh, and so I still, as a result, subscribe to Apple Music because of that. Right, and it's, uh, you know, I'm curious how the libraries compare. Um, you know, I haven't done a bunch of research, but, you know, usually Spotify still is kind of the the, 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 the king of the road out there. But Amazon has the potential of uh, kind of passing them up if their library is good enough, and that would be the the one threat to them is this. This kind of came out of nowhere. We really didn't expect this to happen with Amazon because they've had the Prime Music out for so long now. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a nice thing to have if you're just looking to stream music and you happen to subscribe and, um, I can certainly appreciate that. One of the things that I have started to really use a little bit more of is the Amazon video service, and that's a, a nice thing to have. And it's, again, doesn't have everything, um, but certainly there's something that you can find, especially if you're looking for offline playback and you want to save some stuff and, and be able to watch that. It's great. Uh, I mentioned earlier I had a couple of flights yesterday and, and watched Ocean's Eleven, a movie that, of course, I've seen eight million times, but still fun Love to it. watch nonetheless. So great, uh, great movie. And every time I watch it, I always see something different. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's what is really great about the the Prime Video is the the airplane uh, the airplane mode I call it, where you download the uh, you know you can cache the cache the videos. You just can't do that with Netflix, which is interesting and and probably for whatever you know rights that they have on this stuff. Probably for many reasons it's newer and whatnot. Um, but you know, it would be nice that you know, when you do it on Amazon, it does, you know, it says once you start playing, you've only got 48 hours to finish the video, et cetera. And so it makes sense that they could potentially do something like that on Netflix as well. But I'm uh, also not the one who's having to write all of the uh, licensing agreements for them. So I easier said than done for sure. Google on Tuesday announcing several new features headed to Nougat within Android 7.1. 
So while the recently announced Pixel handsets will ship with their own version of 7.1, including Google Assistant, the update will eventually be made available to other devices as well. The biggest new feature for end users is support of GIFs and animations within the keyboard. So Google says the Android keyboard will be able to interact with third-party applications to create and apply stickers, videos, and other expressive content. Android 7.1 also adapts a 3D touch-style interactive tool that will let people access up to five secondary actions and settings that can be reached uh, directly from the launcher. Another tool called Storage Manager Intent allows users to quickly access application, access apps, memory settings to clear out unwanted or older files. Android 7.1 also gives developers several new functions, including the ability to adopt the Pixel's round app app icons and glean more data from active wallpapers. Uh, Google says it will release a developer preview in the near future for the Nexus P, 5X, and also Pixel C. Google expects the release of Android 7.1 to a wide range of devices, including more Nexus handsets in the months ahead. And Verizon clarifying Wednesday that it will not hold up system updates for the Google Pixel phones, according to Ars Technica. So earlier this month, Google said Verizon would be responsible for pushing out system updates to its variants of the Pixel and Pixel XL. First and foremost, all operating system and security updates to the Pixel devices will happen in partnership with Google, meaning Google will release an update, and then Verizon phones will receive the same update at pretty much the same time, much like iOS updates happen, they say. Well, uh, we do. they say we will not stand in the way of any major update and we'll get all updates out to users at the same time as Google. Verizon also went on to note that the model will be carrier unlocked and will come with only three preloaded applications, including my account, which is, of course, useful, Go90, which is not so useful, and Verizon Messages, which is sort of useful depending on how you are using your device, all three of which can be deleted. Uh, Google also confirmed a Verizon statement that OS updates and multi-security patches will be updated on all Pixel devices, Verizon and non-Verizon versions simultaneously. So sounds like about the only thing uh, that's not in play when you buy it from Verizon is the locked bootloader. Um, So whether or not that's important to you is uh, kind of a question, and maybe it's even just one to decide if you're going to be able to get it on a contract or a pricing plan or something that's more convenient for you uh, to take advantage of, of that, and maybe that's why you go and do it. And I did read an article this week about the Pixel and the OS that's on it. And, and I wasn't really, I was kind of still thinking it was kind of a Nexus device, but I guess it's really, uh, it's diverged from that a little bit where it's now, uh, you know, more customized and a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more Google style on it. It's not just pure vanilla Android anymore. So it's a, kind of an interesting device. They're going, uh, you know, they're going down a new path here of, of kind of having Google phones now. I was thinking about, you know, if uh, if I were to go and choose an Android phone at this point, I, I think it's it would have to be one of those Pixel devices um, and would probably honestly do it on Project Fi. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I've had such great experience with T-Mobile over the last, you know, year plus now that I really have no qualms about sticking with them. And if uh, I could get even, you know, better coverage or at least prioritized coverage because maybe I'm in an area that's got Sprint coverage that's better, uh, all, all the better for me. So uh, I love the idea of it. And, and you know, perhaps it would make sense, uh, you know, in the long term. But um, certainly right now in the short term, I'm still got Apple devices and there's no plans to change that anytime in the future. Questions and comments this week. First up, uh, a comment from Les. He says regarding the listener who is not getting AT&T 4G service uh, and is concerned about voice when 2G is turned off. Most AT&T voice has actually been um, on 3G for some time, even on inexpensive feature phones. 
Um, same for T-Mobile. This is why AT&T is ready to take the step. They have issued clear expectations, but probably not often enough less. Well, uh, yeah, thanks, Les. So um, the issue uh, from the, the, the person that wrote in, at least the way that I understood it, was that he's only on edge service in his area. So it's not the fact that he can't get voice ser- or he wouldn't get you know voice service on that. It's like he just doesn't have the HSDPA or HSPA services that are what we are calling 3G. Um, so most voice has, you know, been on 3G for some time. Yes. But, um, you know, I, I, we're talking about something that is even more rural that doesn't even have that out there. So if you remember edge actually doesn't contain, doesn't do voice. So you actually, you know, it actually goes down to the GSM network to actually make voice calls. If you have an edge connection only, whereas yes, you're correct about 3G. Uh, does have the capability of of making voice calls. It didn't at first when G uh, when when three G first came out, but then they had added that uh, capability shortly after. Yeah, and you know it's interesting because most of us now, you know, we've got LTE networks, and that's what our voice calls are riding on, and then that's totally different than even the three G technologies. And of course, with uh, Verizon and Sprint, you know, typically they were CDMA carries, and those uh, phone calls. Even up until just almost uh, was it the iPhone six introduced the the voice over LTE calling or was it the five S uh, one of those with the the voice over LTE calling so everything prior to that is still just using the one X CDMA network for phone calls and and this week I actually turned off my uh, voice over LTE to see if that would help my incoming calls that I keep not receiving from my iPhone. It actually seems to be helping at this point. So I'm going to hold out for the next uh, system update to see if that improves the situation with the uh, the voice over LTE. Yeah, because it was, it was, I guess, maybe early in the week when you were just furious about it because someone was trying to get a hold of you and it called like four times and not one of the calls had come through. Absolutely. And it was numerous, numerous calls uh, never uh, rang, rang my phone. So it's uh, it seems to be better. Not, not one call has been missed yet. Uh, not that I've received many. It's only been like three or four, but uh, it's better, a much better ratio so far uh, with that turned off. How, so how are you finding out that these people are calling? They're texting you afterwards or something like that? Uh, yes, and uh, usually I'd get a, 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 a voicemail notification because I'm still using Google Voice for, for voicemail. And then I would see a, a push notification from a, a voicemail. And, and then I would look in Google Voice and then see either a missed call or just see the voicemail. Do you not have it turned on for Google Voice to send you an email when you get a, have a missed call? Is not that... an email, no. I Interesting, don't. okay. Oh, you know what though, but you're, you're not actually seeing the missed calls you wouldn't be seeing the missed calls through there you would just see that a call came well no i guess you would right if you're using it for voicemail so interesting yeah i i haven't when i i don't remember what phone it was that i switched over to either the six or the success and i i did not have it um it was probably when i switched carriers so it was probably the was the success with t-mobile and i just kept with the visual voicemail and i've been using that ever since but the one thing that i can tell you is that i never know if i don't have my phone by me if i received a call which of course you always know when you if you've got the ipad by that if you had a voicemail because of course it's just coming through with google voice so but i it i i get so frustrated using that Google Voice app on the iPad that it's just like, it's to me, it's almost not even worth it to have it on there. You might as well just go to the website. So I don't know. Right. It's, it's not, it's not the greatest. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so that answers hopefully or clears up that comment that Les just had there. Finally today um, is a question from Jerry and he says, I live in New Jersey and I was thinking about switching from Verizon to T-Mobile to save money, but I also want to make sure that I've got decent coverage. 
I recall one of you is in the DC area on T-Mobile, and I wanted to know um, if you want the episodes you've talked about it on, so I can go back and listen to them. Uh, thanks, Jerry. Well, Jerry, first of all, um, we talked about it on a number of episodes, and um, they date back to shows that were in, call it the October time frame, the September-October time frame of 2015. So it was right about a year ago. So subtract, call it 55 episodes from here, and you find yourself at about episode 485. Um, and so right around there is when I had switched over. And so I started uh, talking about it uh, kind of fairly frequently at the beginning of the shows just to kind of chronicle my my usage of T-Mobile. But um, one of the things that I will tell you is that, again, I, as I mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, a year into this experiment now or this switchover, um, I continue to be fairly happy, fairly surprised, uh, generally speaking, for, you know, where how it's working for me. Um, again, some travel this weekend. Um, I was in the Chicagoland area. Rock solid coverage worked perfectly. Um, at one point, I was trying to pull up an article, and I think I, we were at O'Hare, and I was trying to read something. I don't remember what it was, and it wouldn't pull up on my Verizon iPad, so I ended up just pulling out the phone and just reading it on the phone because that was what I needed to do because, again, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't, wouldn't load on Verizon. Um, and it's interesting because that's certainly not um, you know, the, the experience for everybody, uh, and it certainly is an isolated incident, just a one kind of snapshot in time. But generally speaking, it has worked out very well for me, and I've been very happy with the service in, in the areas that I've traveled in and around here, the Washington area at home. Um, and then also I've been up to New York and it worked fine there, et cetera. So it's, it's been generally fine as I've traveled. Yeah, with the one exception was actually just a couple of weeks ago when you were out in a fairly rural area. You had no T-Mobile coverage, right? That was that was down in Virginia, I believe, right? Um, yeah, Southwest Virginia. There, yeah, there was nothing down there. Uh, and Verizon did have one X service, uh, which was good and bad. I would see that phone calls would come in, but I wasn't actually able to answer them on the iPad, so that that was an issue. So, um, you know, basically for you know T-Mobile coverage, if you're interested in switching, I would uh, go to the website and look at their coverage map. And really drill it down to the areas you spend time in to, to make sure that it looks like they've got strong coverage in the areas that you need. Um, so then you can take it, if it looks good, then take it one step further. And you can even do the, you know, the 14-day, the you could get a number, uh, don't port your number right away. And you can try the service out, I think, for 14 days or maybe it's 30. I'm not sure what uh, T-Mobile has. And uh, give it an actual try. And, uh, um, you know, it'll probably be fine for you. I mean, most most likely it'll work fine for you unless you live in live or travel to frequent uh, frequently rural areas. And there's there are a couple other things to keep in mind. Uh, You can if you do happen to find yourself in an area that is not, um, you know, whether it's your office or your home and, and the service is not that great. The first thing you can do is is turn on Wi-Fi calling, which for T-Mobile's network, if you are on T-Mobile based devices, if you have it turned on anytime you've got a reliable enough Wi-Fi connection, it will always push your phone calls over that connection. Um, It has gotten dramatically better with iOS 10. It does not falter. It does not cut out. It just works and it works every time. The handoffs have never failed me. So I've been very happy with that so far. Um, The other thing I will say is, so anyway, so if you've got Wi-Fi in the area, you should have fine voice coverage, which is actually um, probably one of the the best things that I can say about having uh, the, and T-Mobile is one of the earlier adopters of this technology. So it's one of the better things that I can say about that. So that's been um, very beneficial. I happen to be in an office that 
has a very poor uh, T-Mobile service, or not, not my office, but um, I spend time in an area um, where I do some work that has um, very poor T-Mobile service, but I've got perfect Wi-Fi, um, never miss calls. They always come through. They're always great. Um, conference calling, et cetera. It all works fine. Um, the other thing is they do have the micro cells uh, or the femto cells um, that you can get, uh, like the personal um, cells, I think called the personal cell spot uh, is what T-Mobile calls it. And that essentially provides you with your own LTE cell tower in your home, um, for lack of a more elegant term. It's a piece of equipment that plugs into your home internet connection. It's hardwired into your connection and then provides LTE service within your home um, and allows you to then make calls over that. So I actually have great Wi-Fi service throughout my house, plus I have one of these cell spots, so even if something were to happen where I happen to turn off Wi-Fi on my phone or something, I would still get a phone call through on my phone, so it's kind of a redundancy thing, and it works out very well. So those are a couple of things to keep in mind that even if the service it does not seem to be great in one particular area, it almost doesn't matter at this point, because as long as you can get Wi-Fi coverage, you're going to be able to get phone calling that is going to be okay, you know, f- just fine for you. And of course, then your data and your text messages are then fine too. So Jerry, hopefully that answers uh, that question for you. Um, But uh, still for me, so far, so good. And uh, I love the fact that I've got, I still have a 6S, I don't have a 7, but effectively I don't have to pay for it because of the promotion that I got on when I got it. And uh, ultimately I I spend 110 bucks a month for two lines with 10 gigs of data each and rollover data and all that, all the benefits that come with it. It's it's a, it's a great, uh, great thing to have. So Um, definitely recommend at least checking it out. And as Joey mentioned, there are a number of ways that you can do that. Well, if you have any questions or comments for us, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us email to questions at the cell phone junkie.com or give a call to 650-999-0524 and we'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Joey, thank you very much as always for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.